Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Remember to visit our website at www.revivalministry.co.za where you can sign up to receive more of these powerful messages. Alright, so I'm going to be blessed. Guys are quiet. What's happening? I'm going to be blessed. Turn to the person next to you. So I'm going to be blessed. God's word is about to transform me. Watch me change. (laughs) All right. Jeremiah 1. I'm going to separate you guys. (laughs) Jeremiah 1. See this day, verse 10, I have appointed you oversight of the nations to root out, pull down, destroy, to overthrow, to build, and to plant. That was the promise in 2020, right? Then God says to him, Jeremiah, what do you see? Hmm. What do you see? Mm, Think about that a bit. I so often am trying to listen for God's voice, trying to hear what He's saying, and sometimes there's just silence. Anyone been there? Anyone been like, God, I'm really, really waiting for a word right now. I enjoyed Chris Valentin. He said he prepped his sermon, and on Saturday night he asked God, do you have anything you want to say? <laughs> this is the, I'm talking about sometimes we, we're pressing in. We're like, God, will you say something? And God says, well, what do you see? What, what do you see? Because... If we're going to live a life of no excuses, anyone in the room last week? If we're going to live a life pressing into faith, pressing into the journey that He has for us, we've got to see things in a different way. And sometimes God's asking, What do you see? We've got spiritual eyes. We see things differently to the way the world sees things. And we can't go to God looking at the world in the way the world sees the world or with the world's eyes and ask for His voice. I mean, we can, but sometimes God's saying, it's in front of you. You've got to see things in a whole different way. See things differently. You must be able to see. Jeremiah 2, it said, the world changed the glory for what was not profitable. They exchanged the glory for what was not profitable. And this whole week, I've just been so pressing into what the glory is, saying, God, I only want to experience your glory. I wake up in the morning, I say, God, I want to feel your glory. I want to experience your glory. 
Lord, will you show us your glory, your glory, your glory, your glory, your glory. Your glory in every area of our lives. And we've come from a place this year where we've had a perspective change. And and God has just been showing us this year that it's all about obedience. It's all about hearing his voice and stepping into it. And there's going to be a flow of and an experience of his glory, a radical experience of his glory because of people who walk in obedience, people who step in obedience, who believe his word and act like never before and, st- and not step into the glory, go to heaven, but, but step into his glory, manifest here. Manifest in this house, manifest in this church, manifest wherever we go. And God challenged me saying, have a look at your sphere of influence. I want to encourage every person not to be praying for things that are way out there, but to, to really focus in on what your sphere of influence is and write it down write it down so often we make excuses to not press into obedience because we haven't focused on where we need to be obedient so we'll pray for the glory of the Lord to cover the earth like waters covers the seas but we don't pray for the glory of God to fill our household every single day that your glory will rest on my children. That your glory will just cover them like that jelly blob in, in cloudy with a chance of meatballs. <laughs> Anyone seen the movie? They end up in jelly. Like, like jelly. Proper, a big blob of jelly. Bloop. And they're like, man, this is so awesome. I'm trying to just a blob of jelly bigger than this church. Anyone like jelly? Okay, we have a jelly and custard tradition Friday nights. Kids can't wait. Now imagine being in. In it. In, in everything you've desired. May the glory of God cover your household like that jelly blob in cloudy with a chance of meatballs. We pray, God, will you cover the earth? May your glory... But you know what? We're thinking about the earth. We're not thinking about us. Our own space. That very small, tight circle around us. God's saying, if you want the glory, you've got to to ask for the glory to be there. And you've got to expect to see the glory there. You've got to expect to see the glory in that place. Bernadine just walked into the room. I can use an example of her quickly. <laughs> the rugby was about to start last night. And Bernadine's like, I forget what she was saying. Something about someone didn't put something away. And I'm like, lovey, there is an atmosphere of rugby in this room right now. <laughs> so it is with the glory. When God's glory, when you're expecting his glory to be there, 
Whenever something is out of that atmosphere, say, no, 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 I, I, am, I am in the glory. I am expecting the glory. This is, this, is, this is not part of the glory. This is not part of what God has destined for us. This is not part of His presence. So, God, will your glory be in this sitting room right now, in this place? My immediate sphere of influence is my wife and my children. And, and I'm looking to see God's glory in that place. God's saying, what do you see? I want you to take out a notebook if you have it. Take out your phone right now. Just take a moment and write down what you see. Think about your family. Think about your household. What do you see? What do you see? I did this exercise and I got stuck. My mind got distracted. God, I'm focusing on your glory. What do you see? Jeremiah saw a almond tree. God said, you see accurately, for my word is alert and active. For I am alert and active, watching over my word to perform it. Maybe God gives you a picture. He gives you an image. See it. Press into it. An extended part of our community, and I'm going to encourage you to continue with what you're writing down at home every single morning, whether it's every, every single morning or a time in the afternoon. Just spend time and allow God to ask you, what do you see? What do you see? I um, had a discussion with a guy, uh, not in this church, just someone I know in the community, and immediately there were some complaints being poured out specifically over this area. And, and part of our sphere of influence, in, oh, that came out wrong, our sphere of influence is this area, the Muet. I know some of you drive from somewhere else, but we're in a very special area. And, and maybe you're in, in another community or, you know, part of another area, but, but God has got something in store for the areas we're in. God has really got something in store for the area we're in. He was complaining about prices going up and, you know, in schools and, and the fact that the people want to turn it into something that's elite 
and they don't have their heads on the ground. And at first that seemed legit. And he was saying, this is a middle income area. And that's where it should stay and it shouldn't go further. And I realized it's a belief system. Yes, I earn a middle income salary. But if I start proclaiming over an area that it is a middle income area, there are certain expectations attached to that. There is an expectation that a community cannot improve, that a community cannot flourish, that a community cannot grow, that a com community cannot become excellent. There is a blanket washed over the community when people speak words like that. And I walked away there realizing the Muet is not destined or called to be a middle income. And I'm not speaking about the amount you earn. I'm speaking about the attitude that comes with believing that you are lower or middle income, if that makes sense. God has called each and every one of us for royalty. I hope some of you wrote that down. What do you see? I hope you wrote down, we are royal. We have been given a kingship. We've been called for great things. We've been called to take ownership. We've been called to set the standard. We've been called to raise the banner. We are believers. We walk by faith and not by sight. We're called to press into things that God gives us in the unseen. We don't walk around looking at the what is and, and having the faith that that is the what is will be what is. Does that make sense? <laughs> We've got faith to see what is better, what is bigger. Not just in terms of services provided or salaries earned. Or It's about the potential that every person has to impact their families and their communities. And the only way you can do that is, is if you have a supernatural perspective, a royal supernatural perspective of your life. Romans 2.10 says, But the glory and honor and peace will be awarded to everyone who does good. Remember that from last week. We ended off there. Glory, honor, and peace. Three things. Glory, honor, and peace will be awarded to every person who does good. Why do they do good? Because they believe. Thanks, Leon. <laughs> okay, you do good when you believe. First to, and I said this, first to the church and then to our communities. If we want to impact the world, we've got to impact the community. If you want to impact the community, you have to impact yourself, your family. So God wants to do something in this church. Let me say this. You can't 
There isn't time for the church to come to church and listen to a nice sermon and not be transformed. You cannot come to church and not have your faith challenged. You cannot come to church and not have a different perspective. You can't meet God in His presence and not be changed. Am I preaching to the choir? (laughs) There has to be transformation. There has to be change. God's calling us to be transformed, to be changed. Romans 1, 17 to 18 says, For in the gospel, a righteousness which God ascribes is revealed, both springing from faith and leading to faith. So through the gospel, there is a righteousness that is ascribed, that is, that is revealed. If you believe in the gospel, then you also believe in the righteousness that gets given to you. You also believe that you have a change of nature, you have a change of ability, and you start to live a life that comes out of faith and leads to more faith. If you're living a life of faith, it is going to challenge you. Anyone beginning of this year, pray for a challenging year. Why not? Because it's scary. Anyone else? Anyone else have a good excuse for why you didn't pray for a challenging year? It's uncomfortable. Come on, it's exam times now with high schoolers and students. Is it fun? Is it not? Except for KG. KG does well. He, he's like acing it, right? <laughs> he's enjoying his exams. Okay. Anyone else in this room really looked forward to exams? Can you remember? Can you even remember your exams? There's pressure. There's uncertainty. But it's good for you. Right? Anyone get through school without writing an exam? No. So now we grow up as adults and we come to life and we're like... I hope this year has no challenges. I'm not talking about catastrophes, guys. I'm not talking about tragedies. I'm not talking about unexpected blows. What I'm talking about is a life of faith that's hungry for the challenge of growing. The life of faith that's hungry for the challenge of improving. The life of faith that's hungry to do more good than last year. The life of faith that is that is that that looks at a challenge and says, listen, we're gonna press into this challenge. We're gonna step into it. We're gonna have faith for it. We're gonna go for it. Am I speaking to the right church today? 
If you live a life of faith, you draw from faith, but it leads to more faith. Why on earth would God give you more faith? Because you're going to need it. (laughs) Because you're going to need to be challenged more and more. Oh, that's such a good word. People are jumping up on their chairs. <laughs> As it is written, the man who through faith is just and upright shall live and live by faith. Now, I'm not praying for your year to be difficult for the sake of being difficult. What I'm praying for is personal development, personal growth. Because when I look at a community that is broken, I can either say, that's too difficult, that's too hard, or that's the way it is. That's just the way it is. Things will never be the same. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) No. I must delete that off the recording. Okay. (laughs) No, that song comes from (laughs) high school days. Okay, if I sing a worship song, that's fine. That's... If I see a community that's broken, I'm either going to accept it or I'm going to be challenged to change it. A broken church can't fix a broken community. Broken families can't fix a broken community. Broken people can't fix a broken world. The challenge is don't be broken. The challenge is fix yourself. That's the challenge. That's the small challenge. Because somewhere, somewhere along the line, someone has to do something. Somewhere along the line, a person of faith has to take action when there seemed to be a way. Somewhere along the line, someone has to move what seems unmovable. Break what seems unbreakable. And when God spoke to Jeremiah, and we stood and prayed, and we asked God to come and help us move the unmovable, break the unbreakable. But sometimes God's saying, this is your moment. This is your moment to to push and move what hasn't been moved. You've been looking at that mountain for too long saying it's unmovable. God says, I can take it away in a twinkling of an eye, but I gave you the strength to move it. It requires you to move it. God says to Jeremiah, what do you see? God didn't say, let me tell you what's going to happen and here's what I see. God says, what do you see? See, I hope that's sinking in. I hope you don't have that sinking feeling. Psalm seventy two.
Psalm 72 verse 20 says, The prayers of David, son of Jesse, are ended. This is his last prayer. This is his last prayer. And he's praying for his son Solomon. He prays and he says, Give the king knowledge of your ways. Give the king knowledge of your ways. Have a deep, he's praying that the king, that King Solomon will have a deep, 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 intimate understanding of God's ways. So that he will intuitively see God's things. So that he will intuitively do God's things. So that he will intuitively represent God without straining, without thinking about it, that he would just do it. Give the king knowledge of your ways, of judging, and the spirit of your righteousness to the king's sons. Let him judge and govern people with righteousness, and your poor and your afflicted ones, with judgment and justice. The mountains will bring peace to the people and the hills through the establishment of righteousness. Once we realize that we've been called to reign in our lives, and I didn't realize, you know, I used to hear, you will reign in life, you will reign in life, you will reign in life. I used to hear this a lot. And I took it for granted. But when the challenges started coming, when the challenges were presented before us, I had to realize I have to be like a king. I have to, and what that means is a king is the person of authority. The king is the go-to person. And sometimes, somewhere along the way, we're going to have to go, now it's time for me to take action, believing that my action is righteous and good. And I'm not waiting for God to say something anymore. God's already said, what do I see? So now I'm taking action based on my nature and character in Christ, based on my nature as a king. You want breakthrough in your life? Be a king. See yourself as a king. See yourself as dressed in royal robes. One of the prophetic words for our youth and children next year is to clothe them in royal robes. So that they come out of high school knowing I'm called. I'm, I'm, I'm someone of righteous royalty. I'm not waiting for the world to affect me. I impact the world. I impact the community. May that be for our adults in the room too. <laughs>
We need to take on a supernatural lifestyle of royalty. Walk into it. Press into it. Is everyone with me? The wrath of God, this is now back to Romans 1, verse 19, 18 and 19. The wrath of God is also being revealed against those who are godless and wicked, who suppress the truth with their wickedness. See, the only thing that suppresses our identity, the only thing that suppresses the truth is wickedness. If we speak what is wicked, we suppress the truth. If I brush our community with a word, I suppress the truth that God has called this community to be. And if many people together say the same wicked thing, what becomes the truth? That which is wicked. Because the truth of God is suppressed. But in my heart of hearts, I know there's this feeling like, no, that's not the truth. Does that make sense? In my heart of hearts, when we speak lies or we declare them, we know that's not quite the truth. And God's calling us to speak the truth. What is the truth of our community? What is the truth of this area? What is the truth of our city? What is the truth of our nation? What are we saying? What are we saying? What do we say on a daily basis about where we're at? We've got to get into, into the glory. We've got to be speaking the glory, the glory. We can't be in touch with what's happening on the ground, if that makes sense. We've got to be bringing what's happening in the glory down. We've got to be saying, whatever is in heaven, as it is in heaven, so it will be on earth. That, that's, that's where we're going. And then verse 20 of Romans 1 says, For the creation, so, sorry, 19, since what may be known about God is plain, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities... His eternal power, His divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. God has already revealed His nature to us. If you're in this church, you've heard it. But you didn't need to hear it. God has already made it plain. He's already made it plain who He's created us to be just by creating us. And we overcomplicate things and we overthink things. I was in this week talking to Bernadine and she's like, don't rationalize. We rationalize. We make excuses and God is saying, you're without excuse. 
Isn't that good? Do you feel challenged? <laughs> I can't emphasize enough what it is to step into God's royalty and into his glory. Verse 21 of Romans, For although they knew God, they neither glorified him nor gave thanks, but their thinking became foolish and futile. That is because the mind of the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit itself to God's law. Indeed, it can't. And I spoke last week about the fact that we don't have to be against the world. So often the church positions itself against the world. But the world is against God. All we have to do is position ourselves in the glory and press in for the glory. Just keep going. Just keep doing. Just keep seeing. And even if the world comes against you, you keep going. You keep doing. But don't change. Don't change where you're at. Psalm 75 says, We give praise and thanks to you, God. We praise you and give thanks. Your, wondrous, run, your wondrous works declare that your name is near. And they who invoke your name rehearse your wonders. They who call upon your name rehearse your wonders. That's just so beautiful. As I was reading that, I just realized, wow, God, when I invoke your name, come on, think about it. When I say, I come in the name of Jesus Christ, I come as his representative. I come inspired and sent by him. When I put myself in that position, I rehearse God's wonder. Come on, I needed some cinematic music. <laughs> I rehearse God's wonders. But there's a, there's a position, there's a positioning, a positioning of praise, a positioning of thanks. See, we, we think that to give praise and to give thanks, or maybe not this church, but we take it for granted, we say it so easily. For what we are about to eat, we are eternally grateful. And how many times do we say a prayer of thanks just off the top? God doesn't just want us to say it. He wants us to position ourselves in a posture of praise and a posture of thankfulness. Because when we do that, we invite His glory to manifest on our lives. So think about this. The next time you stop to pray, before you, you go, oh yeah, we must pray. Think about this. Think about the fact that you're about to invite God's glory to manifest over you and your family. You're about to expect 
an experience of His glory. That what you have in front of you, what you have before you, what you have around you, is because of God's glory. God, so when you stop to, to give thanks, when you stop to give praise, you're saying, God, I'm seeing your glory right now. I'm seeing your presence right now. And I want to give you praise and honor for your presence. Thank you for my identity in your glory. Thank you, for, thank you that we are kings in your presence. And we have the power to manifest your glory. And that's a big prayer. Imagine your kids pray that before dinner. Been challenging our kids. Two of them love praying. Two of them don't. So we make the two that don't pray all the time. <laughs> Why it's so important to learn how to get into His presence. Recognize what he has given you and why he has given it to you. To recognize that what he has given you is a complement to your nature and a complement to what he has called you to do and be. I want to encourage you. This was the second half of, of last week's planned service. <laughs> I want to encourage you to narrow in focus on your sphere of influence. Recognize why God has placed you in that sphere of influence. Will that sphere look any different without you? Think about that. What are you doing? What has God given you to influence that area and that community? If you think to yourself, well, maybe it's not going to look any different, then ask God to give you a supernatural understanding of your royalty, a supernatural understanding of your calling. And where you've been intimidated, step up. Say yes where you've said no a thousand times. I mean that to people who've been making excuses not to. Say yes for once. Say, God, I know you placed me here, and I'm going to press into that. I want to encourage you to, to, to stand up in that. In a good way, next year is going to be a challenging year. In a good way. Just say it with me. Next year is going to be a challenging year. I'm going to grow. I'm going to walk in faith. And I'm going to grow in my faith. And I'm going to have more faith than I've ever had before. I'm going to experience God's righteousness. I'm going to do good because I see good. Come on, I'm not making this up, okay? This is, this is God's word over our lives. Bless you guys. Okay. Let's stand. Put your hand on the person next to you. Lord, we thank you for the people on our left and our right. 
Thank you for the person I'm touching right now. Thank you, Father, that we don't have to do this alone. But you've given us a body to walk in and to walk amongst. You've given us a community where we can have an impact. And so, Father, we thank you for your presence in this room. We thank you for your presence resting upon every person. Thank you for the authority that you've given us. I recognize the authority in the person standing next to me. <laughs> I, I just, just say this with me. I want to honor the person standing to my left and my right for the glory they carry, for the presence that you've put in them. And I bless this person in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have a good Sunday. We'll see you guys on Wednesday night for our worship, um, our, our last worship evening. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Remember to visit our website at www.revivalministry.co.za where you can sign up to receive more of these powerful messages.